Welcome to the Barbershare Podcast, where we help you to navigate the ups and downs of the barber industry. We help you transform burnout into a thriving business. My name is Michael Banks, and I am your host. And this is another recording from the Elite Masters Network Collective that was here in Chicago in 2023. In this particular episode, I put a specific emphasis on the future of education that's starting right here in Chicago. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to a special edition of the Barbershare Podcast, where we help you to strategically and creatively build a profitable clientele behind the chair. This exclusive podcast is at one of the dopest events that I've been in in 2023. It is the Elite Masters network collective event so you hear all the networking and everything going on in the background but right around this round table i have some amazing gentlemen who are paving the way for the future leaders in in our industries of beauty modification i i i got a chance to talk and meet with a lot of the people around this table and just as the wealth of knowledge that they have and what they want to pass on it's no way possible, it's no way possible that we can just dive all into their stories because we'll go for a couple of hours because of just how much value and how much knowledge that they have. But what we want to focus on is just the, the, the importance in, in networking for education's sake, for paving the way of the future, right? For, for those future leaders, those future thought leaders, those, those ones who will carry on the torch, those who, the cut professor, how you poured into Jay Ruff and Jay Ruff poured into Haven, like, like that, like, like, and, and, and how that started with you catching on the vision of Mr. Williams. Such a dope connection that I think we need to hear more about it because people believe that it's not going on in Chicago. And what I'm doing is I'm documenting that that's not true. Everybody keeps painting this narrative of what Chicago is in such a negative tone. And those things may be true. It does happen. However, there's a lot of good going on. There's a lot of different things that are going on that I think if we just take control of our own narrative, they say, yeah, while these bad things are happening, look, on the other hand, there's so much good going on. There's so many good men in here so many good women in this city and, and we're pouring and we're taking on our own narrative to build our communities it's just so happened that we're building it in the barbering and beauty community and we're building it with tattooing it and, and 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 we're doing it in such a significant way that i think it needs to be documented so around the round table we have legendary kenny williams from silk and classic academy we have mr ken washburn who's who's over at Pivot Point. We have Malcolm Brown. I don't even want to get started on this brother with the accolades and the things that he do. Um, amazing tattoo artist. Uh, we have the cut professor, Mr. Muhammad, um, who I got a chance to hear like just one of his, uh, of him engaging with, was it some students in that video? Oh yeah, man, yeah. I. I I would love to just sit in. So, look, so while I ended on you, I'm going to start this first question with you. How has education played a crucial role in your journey, in your career? Oh, wow. Great question. I hope I don't take all the time up. 
so man, Mike, um, to put it short, I discovered myself through education. I knew I wanted to be a barber, cut hair, be a shop owner. When I graduated barber college, I put a 20-year plan together. And within that 20-year plan, after my first, first five years of establishing my barbershop, I wanted to go into education. Uh, I had a nephew who was attending Silk and Classy at the time. Shout out to A.D. Farrell, my nephew. And uh, he was telling me about Silk and Classy and Mr. Williams. So I went there to meet Mr. Williams and, you know, he had heard about me through my nephew and others. And I told him I was interested in his instructor's course. And he being the humble man that he is and knowing my experience, he said, bro, it's really nothing I can teach you about barbering. You need to be educated as an instructor for real. He said, our sister school is Dutton's. I want you to go over there and learn from them because they have a great instructor's program over there. And then, you know, bring, bring it back in essence here. And then we'll go from there. And that he did. And I thank him forever for doing that because I had one of the most profound instructors I could have been under, her tutelage, Mrs. Sydney Trotter. Shout out to Miss Sydney Trotter. May God continue to bless her forever. A phenomenal woman. And she gave me the game of instruction that immediately the first day I hit the classroom, her teaching flourished in me. And I immediately saw the connection that I was able to have with the students now based on my own character and personality. And man, I was like, whoa. I found my passion. It was like a shot in the arm and that adrenaline started flowing and I literally became whole through classroom instruction, man. I've never experienced anything more gratifying in my life than being in front of a group of students who know nothing and then God blessing me to pour into them and then watch, watching them blossom, not just to be barbers. I would always say to them, I'm not here to teach you how to be a barber first. First thing I'm here to do is to teach you how to be a good person. I said, because I can teach you to cut hair all day long and you'll leave right out of here and go commit murder or do some other crime and be in jail for the rest of your life. But if I teach you how to be a good person first, then a barber, you can do nothing to go to the top. So in education, man, I have to say, man, I, I found myself in my true purpose and uh, it's been on and popping from there. And the purpose of this event as i close this question the purpose of this networking event is so that as you stated in the beginning we don't want our new generation coming up to have to reinvent the wheel we should be able to establish a collective and a network where wherever they want to go however they want to do it whatever lane they want to go down be it movies and set work or you know commercial whatever they want to do you know entertainment we they should be able to pick up the phone in a net, as part of a network, a collective, and make a call and say, hey, this is what I need to do. You want to you open a business account? This is what I need. You want an LLC? You want to know about, you know? So we got everything we need in this circle. Accountants, lawyers, bankers, whatever. So this was the purpose of this collective. I'm so grateful and thankful for this event. And I'm honored to be sharing this table with so many esteemed Yeah, yeah thank people. you. Thank you so Let's much, see. brother. Mr. Ken Washburn, how has education played a significant and crucial role in your journey as a barber? Well, I can honestly say that uh, 
I was lucky enough to go to one of the elite schools without realizing I was going to one of the elite schools. Um, even though I went to the elite school, I didn't know I wanted to do hair. So when I got into the business, I didn't realize that I didn't know anything until I didn't know anything. <laughs> if that made any sense. Yeah. So here I am going to Pivot Point thinking that, okay, well, I'm going to get this education right. Okay, I didn't know no difference. I got out there, realized how far behind I was and realized that maybe there were a lot of people like me that were going through there that should, you know, get some education. So I decided to come back and teach. And I came back and teach top of the same school, Pivot Point. And Leo inspired me. Once, once I got in front of those students, um, there was a flame that lit inside me. So I, I love bouncing back and forth because I love getting it and bringing it back. Yeah. Getting it, bringing yeah. it back. Sharing it, helping them, getting it, bringing it back. So yeah. I got involved with that. Then I got involved with the Hairdressers Association on multiple levels so that I was paying one fee but getting all this education for less. And being supported by Leo Passage was, as a mentor, was amazing. Yeah. So I would say, I want to do this. And he'd go, well, let me connect you with this person. And you're like, well, I said, I want to, I want to do a competition. Okay. Let me connect you with Ann Bray. Mm -hmm. So I go get training there. And he knew every time that I would do that, that I would bring it back to the students. So it was like this big wheel that I was going around and around in. And it was just inspiring over and over and over again for 20 years. Wow. For 20 years. Wow. So, yeah. Then I got to a point, and this is funny, I got to a point that I realized that I wanted to affect more than the students in my school. I said to Leo, I said, I want to share more. I want to do more. So he gave me an opportunity to travel the U.S. in Canada, mm -hmm. sharing with other educators our programs. So the more I saw other things, the more I thought, hey, we could change our stuff. So it was just crazy. Education has been nothing but from the beginning. That's good. From the beginning. And I just brought that same process over into barbering, which was something I always wanted to do since 1996. I got into business in 92 for hair, and I realized by 96 that I wanted to be a barber, and that I should have been a barber to begin with, but I didn't know I wanted to do hair. So eventually, the opportunity came along, and I've just continued that passion into the barbering side of the business. That's good. You know, and the more I know, the more I can share. So that's how I always look at it. So I'll go out and get it and bring it back. Yeah. And now I'm inspiring my staff because I now promote and now I'm inspiring my staff to inspire the students. Now I'm at all different levels from aesthetics to cosmetology to nails to barbering, inspiring all of them, which is what it's about. That's amazing. It's about giving back. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, I got excited. That's, it's about oh, giving man, that's, back. That's you know? great. That's great. It really is. So I'm a graduate from, from Pivot Point. So what you're doing now like like that's like that's like amazing like i would love to come back and just see what you're doing yeah for sure now i don't interact with the students as much on a day-to-day -day basis as i used to but i still do a little here and there i'm on the yeah. floor here over there helping out covering that's good and now i'm focusing on other parts behind the scenes that's good that's good good malcolm brown how has education played a crucial role in your journey it it's very crucial uh, when I think about education, I think about a text, a scripture that says, uh, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that, it's like, okay, well, what if I add knowledge? So for me, education is the bridge in between lack and prosperity. It's the thing that gets you over. And once I realized that, I was like, you know what? It's not about being the best. 
It's about not what you can do, but how much you know, right? Because those who know the most, right, hire those people who can do the most. And so for me, um, being a body artist, we do a minimally invasive surgery on people every day, right? So you, you want to be a practitioner that knows this craft in and out. And so it was very serious for me. And the more I began to know, the more I'm able to educate my clients, the more I'm able to educate my staff, we built a great business around it. And guess what happened? Subsequently, we became successful. And so when we track our success, what makes us different from anybody else in the industry is our level of education, what we're able to share. So it, it put it showed me in so many ways, puts extreme value on that, right? And then one more thought before I close, there's another scripture that says, study and show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. Before you do anything, on, study yeah. and show yourself approved. So I said, I want to I wanted to be one of the most influential artists uh, in the world, right? To get into this industry and really do something that matters, be able to give opportunities and change the lives of artists that come behind me. Well, how do I do that? I'm going to study. Yeah. Show myself approved. Education. Oh yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I love it. I love it. Mr. Kenny Williams, how has education played a crucial role in your journey? Um, education is everything in my life. Now. Growing up as a young man, I really wasn't interested in education. I used my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was an athlete, played sports, did all of that. And as I graduated from high school, I went to college because I wanted to be an architect. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build buildings. And once I got to college and I realized I had to take some remedial courses, I was like, I'm taking the same stuff I took in high school. This is not for me. And while sitting on a bus in the city of Chicago one day traveling, I like to draw and sketch. I was sketching. And then I started sketching some hairstyles, some asymmetric cuts, things like that. And then I realized over the years, over the last 30 or 40 years, education, I've been to school five or six times when I didn't want to go to school. So I value education now more than anything. And as he stated, I told people every day, the man with the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding on how to use that is the most powerful person in the world. Without wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the Bible says, all of that goes hand in hand. So education has is, is and has been the most important thing in my life. Yeah, that's good. So what are some effective ways to empower and educate the next generation that you're implementing in your schools? Currently, I'm just sharing with the young students on how to become entrepreneurs. Um, We're helping them start at the bottom level. And that is, we have a consulting group that I'm a part of where we're bringing people in who has already, who've already started their business, who wants to add to their business, or who wants to begin their business. And what we're doing is basically giving them the foundation and 
to not allow them to uh, stutter or stall, but giving them the basics, such as you need this before you get this. And so that's what I'm doing right now, helping guide them through the process uh, and then keeping them honest within themselves because people can want a lot of things, but you have to know that you really want it. Like you all said earlier, you know, so I'm just helping them with what I'm doing right now with the consulting. Consulting is the main thing that I'm doing. That's good. That's good. Mr. Muhammad, what are, what are you, what are some effective ways that, 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 uh, you think will empower and educate the next generation? Well, one thing that we have to do as the previous generation <laughs> is stay right up to the modern times, the new technology, the changes and things like that. Um, it's an educational strategy that needs to be implemented that is not so pervasive and that's learning how to connect first with the new generation. The education is what it is, but as educators, if we don't learn how to deliver those concepts and those principles in the modern language, yeah. then the education is ineffective. Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, making sure that you can take the, uh, the principles and the concepts of the barbering and the cosmetology and the aesthetics and the nails and help the youth coming up to grasp and internalize those concepts so they can utilize them. And one of the things that has been helpful for me is just staying around the youth. I don't separate myself from them, you know? And then I continue to educate myself, right? So I can stay above the curve. This generation is so sharp now, man. They're coming out knowing more than we did initially right so you have to elevate your game just to keep them engaged so that's the second point continue to educate myself and grow and evolve so that i'm always a step above right when i'm in front of the students in the classroom and trying to get them to go to a place where they you know it's unknown territory so that's that's been pretty much my uh my way as i like i said i'm i'm almost 30 years in now you know what I mean? And, and my, my daughter is cutting in the shop with me, wow. you know, and um, she's uh, pregnant with my first grandson now. Wow, congratulations. And uh, she took uh, maternity leave her last week in the shop. And so when I talk about replacing her, she said, uh, Dad, get somebody young in here. We, we, don't, we don't want this to be no old man or old woman uh, shop. So make sure you replace me with somebody <laughs> young and that has the energy to balance out what's going on. So listening to the youth right mm -hmm. listening to them and um those are the things that really help like you know what i'm saying uh, being being in tune with what's going on today continuing to educate yourself and then having an ear for the youth so that you can learn from them as well mm -hmm. you know as 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 we all quoting the the, the the word wisdom comes from the mouth of babes mm -hmm. so if you want to continue to be effective those are the things that i think we should do and that's what's helped me yeah that's good mr ken washburn like how what are what are some effective ways that that, that to and empower and educate the next generation that you're bringing up yeah I, I would have to say um technology technology i mean i've been in the business 30 years and film strips 
audio tapes to online access is like, blows my mind, blows my mind. So always keeping up on that. Also trying to understand that the young generation wants it to be light and fun. Mm. They want it to be light and fun. They want you to give them the core information, but they want it to be light and fun and in chunks. Chunk here, have fun. Chunk here, have fun. Chunk here, have fun. <laughs> it's a back and forth yeah. scenario. So it's always trying to make it light, That's good. but still have the foundation. They want the criticism, but they want it when they want it. Mm. You know, so it's mm. kind of hard sometimes in that aspect. Yeah. Because I'm a straightforward kind of guy. So sometimes I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's this, 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 and this. And then they're like, oh, and they're like, you're hurting your feelings. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, but this needs to be fixed. That needs volume. That's flat. That's not going to work with his face shape. You need fullness then. And then they're like, well, that's all you have to do is explain more. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I got to get used to the deeper explanation as to why. So sometimes I lack that because I automatically look at it and go, that needs to be this, 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 and this. Yeah. And that's just a natural thing, I think. Yeah. Um, and But there are a lot more ladies coming into the barbering industry, too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why part of it has to be a little bit softer instead of where I can tell somebody before, like, your choice <laughs> words, and they'd be like, yes, sir. And ladies are like, you just hurt my feelings. I'm like, I am so I didn't, I just, you need, I mean, I'm sorry I raised my voice. I just said that to one of my female students the other day because the clinic was very busy. I raised my voice and look at her face at me was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you could hear me. So I brought my voice up. She's like, no worries. I'm like, yeah, there is because I could see the look on your face. And she's like, you're right. I kind of took it the wrong way. I said, please don't. It's nothing personal. I didn't think you could hear me. I raised my voice and everybody knows me. My voice is never loud. So if I raise my voice, they usually think I'm mad at them. They did something wrong. Because I'm very, I'm, I'm monotone, but I'm not high for a long period of time. It's high just to catch your attention. Low, medium, high to catch your attention. So if it's loud and forceful, they kind of jump like, oh my God, he's mad. I did something wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. no, really, it's the education back and forth bouncing. That's good. Really, short pieces, long pieces. That's and being good. up on, I love on the current stuff. Sorry. Took up a lot of time there. Oh, man, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Malcolm, Malcolm, what? What are some effective ways to empower and educate the next generation that's coming up after you? As an organization, one thing we do, we're very intentional about education. So what we do is we do weekly and monthly corporate training. So I do weekly trainings for my my initial core team, and we do monthly trainings, corporate trainings with our whole staff. And those corporate trainings can range from customer service training, uh, emergency response training. We got to create it creativity training coming up to well we're teaching our artists how to leverage ai and photoshop to create new designs for their clients um and you know it, it, what's the most empowering is when the when the training is applied so for instance this week we had emergency response training at the top of the year where i had some uh ems people come in and teach my staff how to actually use a pulse ox machine how to use a blood pressure machine how to administer liquid glucose because oftentimes people pass out getting tattooed. Well, we had somebody pass out this week. And it it was so, so empowering to see my team respond properly and get that young man the help that he need. They was able to do the post-ox machine on his finger. We ran his blood pressure. We gave him some liquid glucose, got him back in order. 
was able to chart everything just in case we needed to call the ambulance. Yeah. And if when they came, they had everything they needed to get him the type of service he needed so he wouldn't die. Oh man, it was so empowering. Mm. And it was empowering them, empowering to them too, because oftentimes when you're trying to implement information in an environment that does not respect it. Right, because they're artists, right? They're against the grain. That's why they didn't go to college and all that. I don't want to go to school, bro, at work, right? Yeah. But when they able to see the benefit of it, oh man, it makes it even that much more empowering. So that's how we're doing it as an organization. But me as an individual, I try to spread it on my social media every day. The, the importance of education, right? So I just put out a video recently where I talk about the the most successful people in the world are in five educational fields: finance business law technology and engineering i told people and medicine if you go to school for these things you're guaranteed to make six figures for the rest of your life so i do little things like that to show the general public education matters but in my business those trainings those weekly uh i mean those monthly corporate trainings those weekly trainings those touch points that we do is very important yeah, that's good. That's good, Malcolm. Why you got a mic? Why you have the mic? Mm -hmm. How can industry leaders, whether yeah. it's barber, whether it's you know beauticians, whether it's tattoo artists, nail techs, estheticians, how can industry leaders actively support and mentor aspiring professionals so that we can pave the way for future thought leaders like yourself? Take on, take on, take on leadership. Jesus Christ says something very important to his disciples. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm. When he said it, the cross was not an emblem of hope. It was a symbol of death. And we got to understand being entrepreneurs and being leaders in our industry is not a crown. It's a cross we have to carry. Because we got to deal with the people when we don't want to deal with them. Yeah. And whenever anything goes wrong, they're going to blame us first. But you got to know that. So you got to understand, I'm about to go through a crucifixion to save the world. <laughs> right? And so accepting that allows you to be able to lead effectively because you know at the end of the day, I might not get through the end of this. I might pick this thing up and die. Not physical death, but like die to myself, some ego, some pride, all this, in order to effectively save the world, my world that God has called me steward over, right? So for me in the tattoo industry, I accepted that. I'm the leader. Now what's the lessons I'm gonna teach? How am I going to live my life so I don't go out and act crazy? I operate my business how a business is supposed to be ran. You come to our tattoo shop, we're not partying and drinking and smoking weed, the stuff that you see. We run a business like a business. And that's a decision that I made as a leader, right? Because I realize I'm carrying this cross again. So accept it. That's good. That's good, brother. The cup, the cup professor, Mr. Muhammad. How can industry leaders actively support and mentor the aspiring professionals so that we can pave the way for future thought leaders? <laughs> How can the industry leaders now actively support and mentor the aspiring professionals that are coming up so that we can pave the future for those thought leaders that are coming? Well, I'll, I'll horseback off my last response. The first thing that a leader has to be able to do is listen. Right? Um, 
true leaders and the giants who have changed the world sought out a need and then went to find the solution. You can't know what's needed if you're not listening for that. And most times people aren't willing to offer that to you. So you have to be creative in connecting to get the need oftentimes to come out. How many times all of us sitting at the table, we see something wrong? Like the young lady, Mr. Ken, right? You saw something, but her response was, oh no, it's fine, right? But you said, no, you knew that it wasn't fine and you dug a little deeper and she said, you're right. I, it was a little over the top. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the most critical component of leadership. And like um, Malcolm was saying, you have to lead. That means be out front. Be out front, right? Come with the thing that you know will make them go further in life. Meet them where they are, which means sometimes you may have to come down, right? I got to come down sometimes from Mr. Muhammad, the great educator, the business owner, the whatever, right? And be like, no, man, I'm, I'm one of y'all. You know what I mean? So when you saw me go to Larry's, I didn't go like this. I went with jeans, you know what I mean? Had my little boots on, my little matching teeth. You understand what I'm saying? My little necklace, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I want them to know, no, I'm one of you all. I'm not up here and you're down there. Yeah. I'm coming to share, but I'm also coming to offer you something to elevate you that will aid and assist you in going where it is you're trying to go. And then when they see that you care, they'll open up, they'll open up. Listening, caring, and being willing to make those sacrifices like Malcolm just talked about carrying the cross. That's a sac leadership is a sacrifice. You're opening yourself up wide for ridicule and a critique. As he said, you take the brunt for anything that goes wrong, right? If a student isn't successful, sometimes they blame the institution. You know what I mean? So. As leaders, man, those are the three components that I have been effective for me in trying to tap in and offer them what I've learned, what I'm learning, you know, to bring them along the way. That's good. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mr. Kenny Williams, how how can the industry, current industry leaders actively support and mentor, you know, the aspiring professionals uh, to pave the way for these future thought leaders? When you, when you say support. So, so the industry leaders uh, that are currently now, from your experience in building up a person like Jay Ruff, like 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 what what experience do do you have that that you can pass on, or how they can just actively support these up and coming students who will be the future thought leaders? Today, I would say first educating yourself more because the industry as it is today, whether it be tattooing, barbering, cosmetology, it's a whole different, the, the people today have come up on technology. We came up on labor. So we were hands-on and we had a different mentor. And today the mentor is not to say soft, 
but it's a it's a bit timid. Yeah. And as educators, which is what I'm doing and applying to myself now, as educators have to be educated. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't teach the people today what you know. Yeah. Because the one, you're not going to be able to get through to them for them to listen. And what I do is I normally keep myself around young folks. Yeah. I ask my daughter, my son, one's 21, one's 28, one's 40, 30. I ask them, what did he say? What, what do I say? How do I do it? And what I do is when you engage with the students of today, you got to make them a part of the whole equation. It can't be you giving them the total instruction. Listening, like Mr. Muhammad said. Watching your tone, like Ken said. Because being a straight shooter, if I'm not learning how to be that storyteller, you know, storytellers are people that don't tell the truth. And because I've always told the truth since the time I, <laughs> I've learned to start telling stories. Mm. <laughs> and I've been told that I won't get in trouble with God for telling stories. <laughs> because if we remember, there was a man named Abraham who took his son Mm -hmm. He told his son a partial story. Get the wood. Let's go. <laughs> the son went with him. And when he got up to the top, he said, Dad. Uh, and the father said, God will provide. Uh huh. So he didn't tell him what was going to happen. <laughs> so I'm learning that. You don't have to be truthful to them all the time. <laughs> because when you are, you could actually kill them because they're not prepared. And one thing I'll say to everybody is, if a person steps into something saying they want to do it, yeah. never look at their physical or their attributes. If they're there and they want to be there, you can make them successful. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ken Washburn. How, how, from your experience, how can the industry leaders actively support and mentor these aspiring students that's coming up that's going to be the thought leaders? Well, I'd have to agree with what the group is actually saying is that you really have to listen. Um, I learned from Leo. I've learned from the current owners of the company that I'm working with. Um, even my own direct report recently, we've been talking. I'm like, I'm always like, well, how did I get to this point? And they're like, we saw something in you. Leo, I would say, Leo, why are you giving me this opportunity? I don't have the skills yet. And Kenny said it right. And everybody else around here, Muhammad and Malcolm, Malcolm said it right. As you see something in somebody that they don't see in themselves. Yeah. And you help them. 
few years ago, I did a podcast. I didn't do a podcast. I got interviewed by a young barber in the business and he wanted to know my history. So I told him my history in the business and then I shared with them and shared with everybody that if there's anybody out in the business that wants and needs my help, just to contact me at any time and I will help you. You know, sometimes we say things. We don't really expect somebody to actually pick up that ball and call us. I actually had a young man call me and I'm saying that term loosely, young man. <laughs> and he was shocked that I picked up the phone, one. Two, that I rearranged my schedule. Three, that I did not make him pay for it. I went out to him, paid for my hotel, paid for my food, because I said I would help you. Yeah. I didn't say I would charge you. Mm. I said I would help you. You have to have people that are willing to step out and realize that it's not about this to grow the future. It's about what you have to give. And if they're willing to take it, yeah. give it to them. That's good. That's good. I love it. That's what I learned from Leo, because Leo always paid me. People are like, he sent you to Huntsville, Alabama. I said, yeah. He paid her to train you. I said, yeah. He put you up in a hotel. I said, yeah. He paid for the airfare and everything. I said, yeah. And they go, why? Bottom line, he knew he was paying it forward. I would bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. So as leaders, we have to be able to see what that person's potential is what they can do and sometimes i'll be honest you just have to give it to them and see what happens you no know? and that's what's always happened to me i didn't always have those skills i didn't always have these other things i just had the right people around me that were willing to give me a shot or give me that additional training to get to that spot yeah now i'm at this spot i have to be able to see that potential in other people and give people that opportunity yeah so that's how I'm giving back now, is I'm giving people that opportunity. Because people like you give me opportunity to share this with the industry I'm always offering yeah. for people that need it, I'm here. That's good, that's good, that's good. So the things that you have going on in education and in mentorship, how can people connect with you to learn more about what you have going on? Social media. Social media. Yeah, my Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's probably the easiest too. I mean, I'm not big on all the other social medias. I'm really more so bouncing back and forth between Facebook and and Instagram. Yeah. And then just being out in the industry as much as I can. Yeah, that's good. You know, every opportunity I can, I'm out there. I'm talking to people. That's good. And I'll always offer, if you need it, I'm here. If I have it, I will give it to you because my mentors always gave it to me and never asked anything for it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Malcolm Brown, like the things that you have going on, like how can people connect with you to, to learn more about what you're doing and, and, and any future events and you know, your books and, and all that? How, how can they connect? So same Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm located on Instagram at Solo Raw uh, at, at MB Inspires. You can see me on there. My book is available on Amazon. It's 10 Miles to Your Destiny uh, by Malcolm Brown. And uh, just inbox me. I'm one of those guys that hit you back. Yeah. And, if, you know, I might just FaceTime. Be like, I'm that guy. <laughs> so personal. Right? I'll come right through your line. But anytime you have any questions, definitely feel free. I want to add something to what he said, too, about mm-hmm. helping somebody. Like, he didn't charge the guy. I heard a quote by Bishop Jakes. But he said, it's impossible to push somebody up a ladder and not climb up yourself. Because the higher you're pushing them up, the higher you got to go. 
for them to get up. So like, continue to help people. People don't understand that. Just give it to them. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you can't push somebody up a ladder without going higher yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good. Mr. Muhammad, the cup professor, how can people get in tune with what you're doing and your mentorship and your leadership? Well, I can be reached on IG as uh, the cut professor at the T-H-E cut professor. Uh, I'm on Facebook, of course, as my, my legal name, Arthur Stoudemire Muhammad. And um, everybody will tell you, all of the students, man, students, we, we had a, a reunion with some of the former students back 15, 20 years. And they showed up, man, and it just brought tears to our eyes because um, I stay in touch with them still to this day. They can pick up the phone, they all have my number, and they can call me and ask me anything. And if I can help, I will, and if I can't, I'll try to go find the answer. So I'm right in line with these gentlemen, man. I'm, I'm always a servant. I have a nonprofit organization called Barbers for Peace. Uh, in 2017, we did a 14-shop tour, and uh, we went in just on a regular day that they were doing business because we wanted to engage with the people. And we surrounded the conversation around three components. The, va the value of the black vote, mm -hmm. the value of the black economy, mm -hmm. and black on black violence. Mm -hmm. And we centered those conversations around that and it grew to be a phenomenal thing. And so I wanna continue to move that forward and get more barbers engaged to help quell the things that's going on in the streets. So reach out to me, all those who hear this podcast and you're interested in joining on to our movement in the industry at The Cut Professor. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Malcolm. Yes, sir. At The Cut Professor. And I'll even give my phone number on here. I don't mind. 708-359-9387. Again, that's 708-359-9387. Call me, leave a message, send me a text. I'll get back to you and I'm willing to do whatever I can to help make our community better. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Mr. Williams, how can people tune in more to, to what you have going on in your leadership and your mentorship and, and your consulting? Well, the, um, my telephone number is 708-906-4494. I've been off the radar for about six or seven years just building what I'm about to bring out. Uh, but you can get in touch with me through Silk, the letter N, Classy, C-L-A-S-S-Y, Hair, or it would be Silk and Classy. It could be Kenny, Kenneth Williams. It's about four or five Facebook pages out there. So if you go on, and then I have Instagram, it's Silk and Classy Hair. Mm -hmm. uh, those are different ways, but if you go online, you'll be able to find me one way or another. And, um, Look forward to 2024. We're going to kick out something great. Um, I'm not sharing it right now, but you'll see it on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all the rest of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank you uh, for for sharing um, your wealth of knowledge. But I want to personally just thank you for what you're doing for the future thought leaders that are coming. Each and every one of you, I think, add a wealth of value. And I just want to just say that I personally noticed and I just want to just take this time to document this moment so that everybody else can see what I see. Thank you right, for thank having you, us. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. All right.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Barbershed. One of the takeaways that I really want to emphasize on is just the importance of continued education, not only in the in the us as the professional, the one behind the chair, but also the continued education and those that are doing the educating, as we heard from these gentlemen sitting at this table. And also the importance of continuing advanced education within our work environments, like we heard from Malcolm Brown. I thank you for listening. And I ask that if you feel like someone could take away something from this, please take time to share it with them. Make a comment, subscribe to this podcast and download it. It really helps out the channel and pushing everything forward. My name is Michael Banks. And I'm your host. See you next week.